This episode of Ministry Monday is sponsored by the NPM National Convention. NPM's 44th Annual National Convention will take place in New Orleans, Louisiana this summer from July 27th to 30th. With both virtual and in-person attendee options, this year's convention provides options for your level of safety and comfort in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Join us for a week of prayer, connection, learning, and fun. For more information and how to register, visit npm.org. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 161 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy, produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you're new to the podcast, hello, we are so glad that you're tuning in with us. Each week, Ministry Monday offers a podcast episode for the church music minister on topics that seek to help you learn, grow, challenge, and inspire. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. It goes without saying that we as pastoral ministers have experienced a world of change in our ministries in the last year or so. The things that we have never second-guessed, such as congregational singing or the use of hymnals and the incorporation of choirs into our liturgies, have somehow become health risks. As we hopefully look towards a reintroduction of the elements that we so cherish in ministry— Many of us are re-examining how we execute these elements. Do we continue to purchase hymnals in our parish, for example, or do we look for something else? Do we embrace the technological use that many of us depended on during the last year? And so today, I speak to Kelly Barth. Kelly is the co-founder of Simply Liturgical Music, a company aimed at making purchasing liturgical music easy for the pastoral musician and respectful to the artistic output of the composer as well. Simply Liturgical Music's focus is on the technological as well, embracing the use of technology that has carried us through the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, today on Ministry Monday, I'm talking to Kelly Barth. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you for being willing to chat with me. Um, And, you know, I I know that you and I have already talked a little bit before we started recording, but I really always like to give a little bit of context as to why I would like to chat with you on Ministry Monday. And I think it's a good conversation to, to start with. So 
you and I talked before we started recording about how we have noticed quite a lot of people, a lot of pastoral ministers and pastoral musicians talking about what to do in the next steps of COVID in terms of hymnal use in particular and repertoire use. And I think that's that's kind of why I wanted to chat with you today. And I wanted to talk about Simply Liturgical Music. So first off, what's your, what's your connection with Simply Liturgical Music before we start? Well, just happens to be my favorite subject. Um, yeah, so uh, my wife Carly and I uh, started Simply Liturgical Music uh, back in 2017. Um, it, uh, it's just our, our own endeavor and it's done really well. And we're just, we feel extremely blessed four years later. Uh, our, our launch was, I, we were reflecting on this, uh, was Cincinnati NPM uh, in 2017. So that's when we launched the company. No way, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow. And I mean, since then, so you started in Cincinnati and yeah. how, how much has changed technologically since then? Uh, well, our, our concept and idea has stayed the same, but um, mm -hmm. the world around us has changed quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Even before COVID, uh, we've just noticed um, a lot more te technological use um, in parishes, uh, but COVID just you know, set that into high gear. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So, for those who are listening who may not know, what is simply liturgical music? So, uh, yeah, so we are a four year old company. We're not technically a publishing company. We like to think of ourselves as a hub for distributing uh, music that composers are self publishing. So, um, so composers uh, have their music. Maybe it's not with a uh, major publishing company yet, and they just want to get it out there. Uh, so we work. Uh, we work with, uh, we say three categories of, uh, of composers. We work with entrepreneurs, people uh, like myself who have started their own companies. Um, we work with industry leaders. So people who are, uh, have a foot in the door with OCP, GIA, World Library, just anywhere, but they have other music that they would like to share with others. And then uh, we, my favorite category, uh, we call undiscovered talents. So we have people who just haven't been discovered yet and um, they, they found us and we're helping them get their music out there. For those who are listening, who may not be a composer or who have tried to submit compositions, you mentioned, of course, that sometimes there are industry leaders who have additional compositions that may not be published previously. Can you explain a little bit what that means? Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, every publishing company, especially the, the big ones, they've received so much music and they have so much music that, um, even if uh, someone you know um, who has a lot of music uh, with OCP or GIA or World Library, um, they they have a lot more music that they're writing all the time, right. um, and maybe it's just not the right music for the catalogs of, of these companies. So uh, this gives them an opportunity to still share that beyond their parish. Uh, uh, most of us composers know that uh, our parish knows our music really well, but uh, others others may not. And, this gives an opportunity. That's great. So you mentioned a quote as you were having an email conversation with someone recently, and I kind of want to yeah. sit and unpack that a little bit. So would yeah. you mind just kind of giving a little context and sharing that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could say who it was, but I was talking no, just, to just a fellow composer, just a fellow composer. Um, and, uh, and they were asking like, what, like explain to me again, like, what is your mission? What are you trying to accomplish? 
Uh, and so, so I, I wrote this and I kept it because uh, it, it was pretty good. It, it hit the nail on the head. Uh, SLM is uh, not just about self-publishing. It's not just about embracing the digital age. It really, if you think about it, it's about changing the industry itself, changing the way we share music so it doesn't get in the way of making music. So what do you mean by that it doesn't get in the way of making music? Uh, so, and making music being on the musician side, uh, that yes, we can just focus yes. on um, on create, uh, learning music and uh, sharing it prayerfully with, with our congregations. So, uh, you know, as, uh, so I was, I was a music director at a large parish in, in Omaha, Nebraska, um, for, for almost 10 years. And uh, there were, there were all these obstacles I ran into um, from time to time. They weren't huge, but um, I really, like I had five octavos, but I had uh, 10 musicians. Um, and so I would need to buy octavos. And this was before I could just uh, order PDFs um, and, and to share with them. And so, so I would have that uh, inkling to try, uh, you know, maybe to make copies of it and then pay for it later. But I, I had the, you know, the typical copyright guilt of doing that. We really, we have a, I always had a flutist and a violinist in, in most of my groups. And maybe we really needed a violin part. Like we thought it'd be great for this piece, but there just wasn't one that existed. Um, or handbells. I had a ham, handbell choir and there's never music for handbells. <laughs> it's very rare. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah. Very rare. And, and then trying to find music um, psalms are, were always a struggle for me. I know it's a struggle for many, especially right. for daily mass. Um, so, so all of these things were playing in my head uh, as, as we created this company. And I tried to solve every one of those problems with a platform that just really makes sense. As, okay, if I talk about our platform a little bit, um, uh, that a platform that you can do because we can do because we have no physical materials we give out. Uh, but we, we are 100% digital. We are, uh, and, and because of that, um, green, uh, as green as we could possibly be, we give uh, permission to make as many copies as you need. Wow. Uh, now, let me, let me preface this by saying yeah. uh, we, we really encourage the use of technology. So if you have iPads or other devices that you can use to share music and to read the music, we encourage that. But not all of us are there yet. Our, our uh, musicians aren't there yet. Uh, so we allow you, if you buy the piece of music, you, you buy the whole piece of music. Like you don't buy the piano part, you don't buy the choral part, you buy the right to all the parts, um, which is why if, if you buy, we say a la carte, uh, then you pay more than you would for just an octavo. Uh, but you get everything and you get the right to reprint all of it as much as you need. Um, a good dear friend of mine uh, did 35 years of ministry at her parish, um, and she would have anywhere from 15 to 35 people in her choir mm -hmm. um, on any given Sunday. And that was fantastic. But 35 people, um, that's a lot of music. And uh, she loved the idea that she could just print as many copies as she wants. Um, on the reverse end, uh, I'm, I do... Uh, ministry by myself a lot, you know, I'll just sing and play. And uh, a lot of companies have, you have to purchase 10 copies of a piece in order to get the digital file. Right. And I only need the one. Um, 
But if I buy through SLM, if I, if I buy the one, and then the next week I do have a few people with me, I don't need to buy extra copies for them. It's right. I, I own the, the piece. Um, uh, another component of SLM is that we're direct. So we're not a publishing company. We're connecting you directly with, with composers. So uh, composers have the option of sharing their email address and most do, which means you can email them uh, as a customer, as a musician, and you can email them just to say, thank you for this music. Or you can just, uh, or you can say, you know, I'd really love a violin part to this. Could you write one for me? And um, we have um, 50 plus composers we're working with right now. And I can't think of one who wouldn't jump at the opportunity to serve you in that way, to, to help you with that. Um, and talking about the composers, um, our one of our big things is, uh, one of our big um, uh, initiatives is to be as just as possible to the composers and their music. Um, and I don't know if it is okay if I jump into that whole- Yes, please do. Industry. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the, the standard in the industry, not just in the Catholic church, but in all the music world in the United States, um, composers send in their music to a publishing company. Right. And then that publishing company gives them a contract that says that the company will forever own their piece of music uh, and the rights. And, uh, and then the composer in return gets 10% royalties. Uh, so 10% of what that piece makes comes back to the composer, uh, which, which is great, you know, that, that works. Uh, but the, the pitfalls in that 10% uh, isn't a lot. Uh, so unless your piece does really well, you're not going to make much money. Um, uh, two, if you don't own the rights, then you don't have any say with what happens to that piece of music in, in the long term. So maybe it's in a hymnal one year, or maybe it's in the catalog one year. Uh, but we have a, a phrase in the composing world. Uh, it's uh, catalog purgatory. A lot of music ends up in catalog purgatory, and it's hard to get it out of there. Um, so if a composer sends us music, we give them 40% uh, outright, and um, they keep all the rights of their music. We've had one piece of music, uh, and it was very exciting. One of the major publishing companies um, wanted to publish it. And so that composer said, uh, can I take it off SLM and give it to them and give them the full rights? And we said, yeah, that's great. You know, like, like we, we cheered, we were excited for the composer to have that success. And so that composition is now in uh, the hands of another company and it's not on our website. Um, and the composer has the right to do that. Uh, other composers sell their music on our platform, on their own website, and then maybe on like Sheet Music Plus or somewhere else just to maximize the exposure of that piece. So we, again, we're, we're trying to be fair and just both on the composer side of things and on the, um, on the customer side of things, the ministry side. It's very clear that from what you're saying that you advocate for just for a just support, if you will, for the composers in their work. And I should say, like uh, the major companies out there are just, it's yes. just a different model. Um, yes, yes. We, we're trying something new. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a very good point too. So we've talked a little bit about composers, quite a bit about composers and how they yeah. can, you know, be supported through SLM. Yeah. But, you know, as a 
I don't want to say consumer, but as, as a pastoral musician, who's not a composer, why, yep. why does it make sense to consider supporting something like SLM with all due respect? I'm just, you yeah. know, what, yeah. why? Well, um, I mean, supporting the composers themselves, but that's not really what the company is about. The company is about giving you a resource that's really going to help you do your ministry uh, and to do it well. So technology um, has a great way to not just do things um, in a different way. And so I'm, I'm a, a full-time high school teacher uh, as well. And in the teaching realm, we're trying to figure out how to, how to use technology all the time. And the very least we can do is just substitute what we're doing already. So in, in the music world, having a PDF and looking at that PDF, um, at the very least saved a piece of paper. Um, and, and you can make notes on it and save that. Um, and, and do some things that you would normally do uh, with, with your paper copy. But technology is really trying to get beyond that where we can do things that we would never be able to do before. And on our website, our platform, we have uh, what we believe to be only the second daily psalm resource ever created. Uh, the first one um, is... Uh, uh, by a by a major company, but they have only Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter, and so we are working. We should finish by the end of this summer, um, all of ordinary time. Wow! And, and along with that, across referencing it with all the ritual um, books. So so all four volumes of the lectionary, any psalm, any text, will be available on our website very soon. And we can do that because we're not printing a book. Uh, if we had right a book that we were printing, it would be huge and you would only use small bits of it. Um, but instead, because of our platform, you can just go to the uh, ritual or the day or the feast that you need and you'll find not just one piece of music, but multiple options uh, for that. And it's being done just because of technology, uh, because we're using technology in a new way. I, I used to play daily mass all the time. Actually, mm -hmm. I used to play daily mass at multiple places too. And I, I'll admit some of them wanted to recite the Psalm on a daily yeah. mass because there was a yep. time crunch. They were downtown. We were, I was downtown. And so um, people came on their lunch hour and they really wanted to keep it to 30 minutes so that people could eat and leave. However, yeah. there was another church that I worked at that I assisted for daily mass and they wanted to sing the Psalm. And I'll admit to you, that was really challenging for me to try and find the correct settings of Psalms. I, I mean, honestly, so I, I see the need for this. I really do. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you can get the Psalms, but, um, but there's a whole lot of other music um, on the website too. So, that, I mean, we have a lot of Psalms. We have some somewhere in the realm of 750 Psalms. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, on the wow. website. And, mm -hmm. and it's growing every day um, mm -hmm. as more collections come, come to us. Uh, but we also have hymns, mass settings, we have sequences, and, um, and uh, someone sent us a rite of baptism uh, piece that uh, I, don't, I don't know of many places you can find that text set to music. Uh, and, and the neat thing is you can try any of it. Uh, so, so one thing I haven't said about our platform is that you subscribe. You can, you can buy individual pieces, but you can also just do a subscription just like you would on Netflix or any other modern uh, subscription 
platform. And uh, that gives you access to download uh, and purchase any piece of music you want for free uh, on the website. So you don't have to hesitate about buying a piece of music and thinking, will this work for my group? Mm -hmm. uh, you can just download it, give it a try at a rehearsal. If it doesn't work, it's no extra cost to you. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's uh, we, we do like say it's like Netflix shopping. You look at the preview, you say, oh, it looks interesting. And then you start watching you're like, no, this is not for me. And then you go on to the next series or the next composer. Well, let's stay on this for one more second because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, in, I'm only speaking for myself, but at our parish, we're struggling financially quite a bit after COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, my music budget is not what it used to be. It really right. isn't. Um, hate to admit it, but it's true. You know, hopefully we'll bounce back. But coming out of COVID, we've definitely seen a financial impact in giving. So, uh, you know, to someone who is thinking about simply liturgical and increasing their repertoire this this way, yeah, what's the cost? You mentioned there's a couple of different models there for pricing. Yeah, yeah. So with the uh, a la carte, we sell mm -hmm. piece of music from anywhere for. $5 for a daily psalm to $100 for a mass setting. But again, you get every single thing. So with, with the mass setting I've written, you get the handbell parts, the violin part, uh, the uh, all the instrumental and all the uh, choral and piano. And you can print or share digitally as, as much as you need. So wow. you, you own the music. You don't mm -hmm. own a copy of the music. Mm -hmm. um, but... That being said, the, the subscription is really what most people do because uh, you subscribe for $144 and you get access to everything for a year and anything you download, you keep. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. You, because you've purchased it. Uh, so you keep that piece of music and you keep it forever. Uh, I joke around all the time that I have so many copies of On Eagle's Wings and I love On Eagle's Wings. Uh, can I mention a, a piece specifically? Is that yeah, okay? sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but but it's kind of like my my um, uh, DVDs and VHSs. Like I have a movie in VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, <laughs> and now I don't need any of those because I just stream it, right? It's true. That's so, so true. So we wanna we wanna stop that. You know, just you you buy it, you download it, you keep it in your files. Uh, but for one hundred forty-four dollars a year. Uh, you can have access to all 1,000 compositions we have currently. And I'll tell you that that number grows significant, significantly every year. So as you are going through your year of subscription, you'll see more and more music being populated uh, as you go. A lot of us are also live streaming or putting music, sheet music itself in the bulletin, lyrics in the bulletin, making worship aids. Yeah. How does this connect with copyright licensing? Yeah, so we are member publishers of uh, One License. So every single piece of music on our website can be found on One License. So whatever um, permissions you pay for, uh, then you can do that with our music, uh, just like anyone else's. So you would report nor like like you normally would, essentially? You'd report like you normally would. And all of our psalms, we, we categorize them uniquely uh, by putting the name of the composer at the end. So even in the title on One License, you'll see, um, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and then in parentheses, the name of the composer. So it's really easy to find our version of the psalm. 
That's good because I will admit sometimes when I'm reporting Psalms, if it's coming from a different collection or something like that, mm -hmm. I end up scrolling. So that's, that's good yes. to know that you have the composer in the, uh, in the name. That's really good. And, and I will say those clicks, like I used to think, well, here's 35 cents, here's 35 cents, you know, like uh, it, it adds up significantly. So our composers have received uh, really nice royalties from you doing that reporting. So that reporting is extremely important. I know report people report. I don't, I don't want to sound like a teacher, but reporting is, is good. You know, I, I used to be, I know this is not a one license episode, but yeah. I, but uh, the best and we love, one license. they, we do, we do one love one license. Uh, we but do. I, I used to be, and I'll admit this to Brenna. I mean, I, I used to be afraid of reporting for some reason, why I don't know, but like, yeah. I don't know if it was yeah. intimidating to me or what. Um, but yeah, reporting is so easy. <laughs> like it's literally yeah. just the button as you find this, the, the song. So yeah. And it helped so much. I had no idea until we started to get those uh, those payments in that we could give to our composers. And it's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Support your composers and report your, your music. So my last question yes. is, of course, you've talked about how you are green. You're, you know, you, you focus on things ecologically and not just musically. Yeah. So we understand that using, let's just say using your iPad, you know, for your music is easier in some ways, but why is integrating new technology truly important at this stage in the game? Mm. Well, there, there are many, many answers to that, uh, that we could say, but let me just say that it, it is more green. I mean, most of us already have the technology. We don't need to be using more paper, more ink, uh, and it costs more to do all that anyway. Right. Um, but it also, it's where, uh, our younger generations are. And I, um, you know, having, having a teenager and a preteen myself, I know that, um, we need, we need to connect with young people, um, a lot more in the church and, um, and that's where they're at. They're, they're using technology. Um, they are, their, their whole world isn't. Um, wrapped around this idea that um, well, uh, that we need to save the environment and that uh, technology is our friend and we, we should be moving forward with them. Um, and I, I just think it's the future. Um, I think the days of uh, paper binders uh, for, for our musicians, I think the days of hymnals in the pews possibly are coming to an end and we need to be ready as a church to... Um, to jump into that digital age with everyone else. Otherwise we might fall behind. I also shared privately with you, but I'll, I'll mention it now too, that I've shared that hymnals to me, I'm not, let me, I'm not dissing on hymnals, but no, no, but hymnals, <laughs> I know I have my mind over here. Um, but, but hymnals have been a challenge in light of COVID-19 because yeah. at least in our diocese for a long time, you were not, necessarily recommended to use them. And yeah. so um, it did make us think outside the box, to be honest with you, on how we allow our congregations to minister and find the music that they want to sing along to. So it, it's, yeah. been, it's been a re-envisioning, at least for me and my parish. I'm sure it has been for many. Um, and the, the hardback hymnal, the annual hymnal is still a great model, but like you said, I do think that COVID-19 has really shaken things up and, um, 
it's a different way to consider how to find new music and use that to serve your congregations. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, um, that, that did make me think of something. Uh, so I want to go on a small tangent that, um, that's one reason we started with Psalms, uh, because Psalms are easy to incorporate without having to have them in the hymnal. Um, and, uh, because they're responsorial, right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, the Psalms project, it's taken us four years, but you know, we, we literally now have Psalms for just about every occasion. We'll, we'll get there soon. Um, but that's something else that's kind of neat about SLM. We, we chose one project to start with and all of our composers said, okay, let's, let's do this. And we're all working on it together. So we're kind of excited for our next project. You know, what, what's it going, will we focus on antiphons? Will we focus on uh, the Roman Missal in general and just try to get all those texts where we focus more on hymns and, um, you know, I'll, I'll invite NPM and, and others to help us figure that out because that's part of our mission is that we're just going to, from a kind of ground up um, approach, say what, what's needed next. Uh, and we will work on that as a collective group of composers and, and get that out. Um, yeah. That's, it's, 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 it's a new, it's a new way to, to look at things. It really is. And I appreciate you taking the time right now and talking about not just SLM, you know, simply liturgical, because I do think it's very important, but also the reason behind it and, and the, the heart behind it, because too, as ministers, I think so much that we care about those things. You know, we, we do have a heart for ministry and we have a heart for those who minister. And so I appreciate what you're doing. And I appreciate SLM. If anyone wants to find out more about Simply Liturgical Music, where do they go? Uh, so you just go to slmusic.org. Um, okay. Simply Liturgical Music. Or as, uh, as my wife uh, says, slim music. Yeah. <laughs> Slimmusic.org. Slim. <laughs> uh, so slmusic.org. Okay, great. And uh, for composers, you can find more information at slcomposer.org. That's our site just for composers to learn more about self-publishing. Great. It has been a true pleasure to sit and chat with you today, Kelly. Thank you for your time. Yeah, it's been so nice to see you. You and I have done things together before, but never Ministry Monday. So this is great. Yeah, this is fantastic. I'm excited. I am. I am too. And if you are an NPM member and you're either going to the convention in person or virtually, you can find Simply Liturgical as a virtual booth this year. So go check them out. And if you have follow-up questions, you can schedule a video chat during the week um, or contact them on the app and ask them any questions you have. That's awesome. And you'll see this amazing background there as well. (laughs) Excellent. Good. With many musical instruments, if you're watching the video version of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, Kelly. And I will uh, virtually see you in New Orleans. Sounds good. Take care. Thanks so much to Kelly for his time today. For more information about Simply Liturgical Music, visit slmusic.org or visit the show notes of this episode.
The song In This Sacrament I Live was written and produced by Father Ross Coniglia and is available at Simply Liturgical Music. The theme music for today's episode was written and produced by Aaron Schaus. And today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.